Welcome to another recording of the Heard You podcast. I again am your host, moderator, Training Day, aka TL. I'm sitting here with my two brothers. I have Leon and I have uh, Charles. Charles wasn't on our first episode, so I'll give him a second to go ahead and um, introduce himself. Go ahead. Uh, this is Charles, uh, aka C. Uh, just hit a uh, experience of time and uh, just got put my two cents uh, on, on what's going on. Absolutely. And uh, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, this episode is what we call our reality check. Just a little insight to what's happening in the world from our perspective and some things that we want to talk about. Um, so we're about to dive in and get to it. We'll be back in a sec. All right. And we're ready to go. So, um, like I said, there's a lot going on in the world. Today is May 11th, 2020. Uh, Most of the country, the United States, has been on lockdown, self-quarantine, shelter in place for about two months now. Um, But we actually have Charles, who's been on the front lines as his job is considered essential. So he's been actually braving the world going out there to uh, still perform his duties at the risk of his own health and those that he loves. So uh, I just want Charles to kind of just lead off with what his experience is like currently with the way the world is. And also kind of what was it like three months ago and how different are the two? All right. Um, Well, just to start off the whole feeling, this walking out your door is surreal. Where and going, especially going down Midtown, New York City, when the streets are bare uh, at rush hour times. Um, I'm leaving my house coming from uh, Jersey City, and it's me and probably one other person on the train, which is That's completely crazy. opposite from what it used to be, where you could have a fight just to get on the train. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's like a yeah. uh, straight ghost town out there. I can imagine. And what they look like. <laughs> Me alone, I have OCD to start off with, so I wasn't really uh, trying to get too close to nobody or touch nothing in the first place. Yeah, so I hear I'm, that. I'm just even more so practicing those same measures, if not more, right now. Yeah. And uh, so what's the actual work been like? What's your job been like? And uh, for people that don't know, where do you do and uh, where do you work? Oh, I manage the security division at the Empire State Building. Um my division alone used to check in over or process, I should say, uh, clear over a thousand people a day. And that's just in a, in a matter of between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m., a thousand people plus, to where now it's checking in, processing at most 13. Mm. So you could just see the number change right there. Uh, the observatory for the building is completely closed down. Um, the building itself is still open, uh, so the businesses could still, if they need, come in and still do their work. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah, that's two totally different worlds. A thousand down to thirteen. So, what? Do you, how do you feel your day now? Like, what? What's? What are you doing at work? Um, I had to lay off a lot of my staff. Um, mm. A lot of my staff. So, no it's pretty much, I mean, they're no, they're they're pretty much getting unemployment plus what the government is getting them so they was they're 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 doing okay i should say they're, they're getting a g plus a week right now you know what i mean more than they were doing while they were working yeah. so if anything i kind of helped not, you know what i mean i helped them but yeah we know kind of like we, a, we know what you're saying yeah, yeah. It, 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 so by me working i know i wasn't going to get that much or whatever i took the brunt and uh kept going to work while my employees stayed home okay yeah, and that's a lot of that's a tough decision you have to make, right? Because it becomes, do you keep your people on, but then what is the cost to the business? Correct. And then also, what's their the cost of life, right? So you're putting them at risk every time they have to keep performing their job duties, okay. right? And then for you, it's like, okay, well, you don't want to be looked at as selfish because, well, I'm gonna keep working but I'm going to send my people home. But again, financially, some of them might be actually doing better than they were when they're actually working. So exactly with the, with all the chaos happening, that might be a silver lining, but you still have to make the decision that, well, I can't lay myself off. Somebody has to come and do the job. So you're still at risk. So, I mean, 
they're laid off, but I, I'm pretty sure most of them would say, hey, well, I'm making more now, and I wouldn't trade this to P, risking my life to go to the job. Hell so, no. <laughs> Trust me, know. if I was in their position, I'd be like, I, I'll stay home too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you know. Um, so when you walk out your door, you said it's a surreal feeling, right? It feels like you're kind of like living an alternate reality. Yeah, it um, seems like an extended weekend. Right? <laughs> have you lost have you lost count of what day it is? Have you lost track of that yet? To a degree, and that usually falls like around the weekend. Like, is it Saturday? Yeah. Is it Friday? But I still work. I still have to answer emails Monday through Friday. So okay. it's still a reminder, like, hey, today's Friday, today's Saturday. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I still get that reminder, like today this report is due. Today yeah. you still gotta handle this shit. Yeah. So I still get the I don't lose track of time as of yet. Well, that is a strong <laughs> contrast to what I'm going through, and I can also I, think yeah. Leon can attest to that as well. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was just just about to say <laughs> that <laughs> the just the the not having those check-ins, you know, whether it's responding to emails, um, just getting up and having a like a, a schedule to adhere to. Honestly, just for me, and I mean, quite sure you can attest to this, T. It is so fundamental, uh, just having that structure and not having it right now has has kind of at times led me to kind of really be like almost kind of have like a feeling of like like loss in the sense, you know, um, it's 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 surreal this as well, Chuck, you know, to be quite honest with you, um, it's definitely surreal um, because, you know, for me as a as a fitness professional, you know, a huge part, um, it's a, a huge part of like who I am and to not necessarily have that in the capacity that I've had had it in the last 10 years or so, it's kind of become a sort of like, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I guess kind of like a reality check to be quite honest, <laughs> um, you know, and that was not a plug to the episode at all. It's like just, uh, <laughs> just being honest. Like, yo, I'm like, whoa, shit. Like, I that I need that structure, man. You know? Yeah, and I completely understand where you're coming from. And for me, the biggest adjustment so far has been the lack of human interaction. Oh, yes. Beyond my girlfriend who I live with. Because our day-to-day is comprised and consists of human interaction especially what we do mm-hmm. again as fitness professionals uh managing a gym facility that i do and leon being one of my top trainers on my staff we and we're engaging with other people all day like that's literally what we do some yeah. jobs you, you can go to work and not speak to anybody all day or just speak to the people that you work with we speak to our colleagues as well as all the members that come in and out the gym Anybody, any guests coming out the gym and anybody else from another gym that may be just visiting our club. So to not have that on a day-to-day basis and then on top of that, not being able to interact with humans at all because of the COVID-19 is like, for me, it's making, it's very unfamiliar territory. Yeah. The best way to put it, you know. Um, From constant human interaction to Zero. Only limit to zero. zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, be, beyond beyond if you live with somebody, beyond that right. being your human interaction, there's nobody else you're interacting with. Nobody. Like Even you, these, these delivery dudes are dropping foods off at the door. Yeah. It's just bouncing. Yeah. There's been plenty yeah, of man. times I've gone to the door, my shit is on the doorknob, and I, I'm picking it up on the doorknob. At least they give you the courtesy of putting it on the doorknob. I had the worst experience. I I don't know if we should go into that, but hey, ah. reality check. Let's do it. Go ahead. Let's, let's talk about <laughs> so it. So boom, we order from Seamus, right? And you know you're gonna hear it from Chuck when he says so boom. Let's just <laughs> let you guys let's know that. It. Listen, Chuck. So before, before you get into it, Seamus. before you get yes. into it, Chuck, I want to let you know. I had a I had a similar experience with Instacart that I went over last time we uh, <laughs> we recorded. Instacart did some bullshit, but I'm I already know that I'm gonna feel what you're saying. So go ahead. I'm I'm ready for it. I'm calling on that bullshit. So look, <laughs> I'm looking at the, the GPS, right? Okay, it's saying it's not here, it's saying it's not here, it's saying it's not here. So I'm like, okay, it's close. So I go downstairs to meet him at the door. 
Nothing. Nobody. Right? It's <laughs> not that GPS is showing up that it's here. Nothing. Nobody. So I'm like, all right, wait five minutes, wait five minutes. I go back upstairs. Like, all right, let me wait for him to at least press the door now, the, 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 the doorbell. He presses the doorbell. All right, cool. Let me go downstairs and meet him. Because clearly on the instructions, it says press the doorbell for entry. I will meet you downstairs. You know what I mean? Giving him, giving him at least you know, the benefit of the doubt. Mind you, I have a table at the door. There's a table at the door where he, deliveries could be made, uh, packages could be left, food could be left even. You know what I mean? Food. So <laughs> I go downstairs. <laughs> go downstairs. <laughs> it's left on the, on the floor. It is on the floor. Wow. The he pressed the door buzzer, dropped the food off at the door, and bounced. Mm. So, I mean, it was very disrespectful. I mean, coming up from a West Indian household, like, you never put food on the food floor. On the floor. That's just, Absolutely you not. never put food on the floor, nor pocketbooks. And all, you know what I mean? You just don't do it. I would venture to say that's not just West Indian, but go ahead. I, I mean, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but yes, so, absolutely. I thought maybe he's not that far away. <laughs> so, come to find out, he's still in his car outside the door. So, I went outside. I went outside and knocked on a car window. Hey, hey, hey. That was you that just did that bullshit? That's okay. Oh, boy. Like, so. oh for, for you view for you listeners, by the way, just so you know, uh Charles is like my best friend and uh he, he likes to be confrontational at times. So no, yeah. I like respect, <laughs> it's all about respect. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm just just so they understand. Why you walked up to the door? You know what I'm saying? Because some people would be like, "Yo, why are you even bothering?" So I'm just trying to give him a, you know. Right. Why he bothers is because his name is Chuck. Wants all the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Uh, he, because he has to understand like this ain't right. Like, cause he's gonna do it to somebody else. You know what I mean? And he, or not do it to somebody else. He needs to know right here, right now. It's not a cool thing that you're doing. It's not a cool thing you're doing. Ding, ding, DoorDash with fucking people food. <laughs> they come this with your food. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about this with your food. It's not cool. <laughs> All right, so I mean that was that was pretty much that was pretty much my story. Uh, no, I, I get it though because <laughs> it led up to more it. shit at the car window. But I mean, we could move on forward from there. Nah, uh, I, I was just about to say. I think the listeners want to know how it ended. Uh, I mean, he 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 started arguing back. I took off. I I didn't really think he was feeling me because I had my mask on. I, he couldn't really see my facial expressions, mm-hmm. so I had to put down my mask. And I was like, yo, <laughs> I started yelling and he just took off. It was, it was really, it was really, uh, that was, that was much it. I'm just getting this image of you. I was more mad that I don't think he was really feeling because he I, I got you, bro. That's what I was about hey, to you say. You know, I wear glasses, so my, my glasses start fogging up. Fogging up. up. I know. So now he can't even see your eyes. So he I'm getting more frustrated. He don't even understand, like... <laughs> It was just a bad moment. It was just he was like, moment. man, I got to take these glasses off. I got to shave. You need to see every last part of my facial expression right now, B. Absolutely. Hey. Absolutely. Hey. But yeah, I get I get the whole protective procedures. I get it. I get it. And that's even more so. Like, I, I leave messages on the, on the, uh, on the um, orders to, to if, if, if you have a problem, leave it on the table. You know what I mean? I, it, it's, it's clear. It, it's cool. Don't leave a food on a, on a man's floor, fam. Don't don't leave food on the floor. You know, you know what? The biggest thing to me, though, out of all of this, I feel, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about it, is I think the uh, it's important to kind of sort of see the residual effects of this when things go back to quote unquote normal. You know, mm. because there are parts of these practices that I feel are going to become part of social interaction. Like some people are like, oh, well, you know, after things go back to normal, it's going to go back to normal. And I'm just like, mm, I don't mm-hmm. know. I kind of feel it, like it, this it, is the there is no going back to normal. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be like, a new norm. Exactly. And I mean, and that's, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but the parts of this kind of make me really think about like, you know, the effects of this whole situation being deeper than just a virus. And me and T have talked about this because, you know, I'm a uh, conspiracy theorist. I, you know, not to make the conversation about that, but like you can't help but think about, you know, what are the sort of 
residual effects of something that changes the way we interact socially in such a dynamic level. Like, I, I feel like that nothing like this has ever occurred in any of our lifetimes, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, I just, like, I feel like the way we are interacting now, it's like, it's like the like the way New York City was after 9-11, but like times 100 or 1,000, you know, as far as how we interacted, you know, like even with at least with 9-11, even when they started making the sort of changes with travel, people felt like, OK, this is a bit much. But, you know, it was all in the name of so-called um, what was the word they used? Um, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, national security. So you're like, nah, all right, that's fine. With this, it's like we are literally changing how we interact out of precaution and maybe more so even fear of potential infection. But then now we are, you know, changing how we interact socially. So like, what are the residual effects of that? Like, I look at my niece who's been doing this home learning. And like hearing the conversations of of her with her fellow classmates, and I'm thinking, you know, one positive uh, side of this, I would say, and this is just from my perception and, and seeing it, is that I feel like the kids who are growing up in this right now are learning the value, believe it or not, of interaction because they kind of are being forced to, but in a different way. It's, it's, it's interesting, but like it's a different sort of, you know, having to not interact because because you know here we me and T we're talking like you know we have virtually no you know social interaction and obviously you know with the exception of these podcasts which are like therapy for me uh you know have very you know the the way in which we communicate now has been changed in many ways and see the fact that the fact that these the kids are growing up with this I feel like there can be some positives from it, you know? Um, but, you know, I, I just think that, you know, it's very, this is very, we're living a, a very impactful time. Yeah, definitely impactful. You speak to this fact that it's a new norm, right? We're, we're interacting differently. Our social construct has been turned upside down. Um, social norms and things that are otherwise seen as acceptable or no longer acceptable, right? Like, handshaking. Handshake. Like, mm-hmm. are you really going to shake somebody's hand? Do you really... Nah, do, man. But, but then this also goes to the fact that I think the lack of trust with human, within humanity, which has caused a lot of conflict amongst ourselves, is also one of the reasons why handshaking won't be the same. Like, mm-hmm. can I trust you to do all the things necessary to keep yourself safe and in turn keep me safe. Absolutely not, it, I believe. Especially with your hands, that could happen like anything. You could just walk through a door and touch the same doorknob, and then right after the doorknob, your boys are after the right on the other side of the door. And you're like, oh, what up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's not even like I trust him. I know Leon is, is clean, but we're gonna go ahead yeah. and do this kid and play foot kick real quick. <laughs> We ain't handshaking. I'll give you a head nod. (laughs) All right, but here's my question, though. Here's my question, though, Josh. Think about this. Are you going to continue to think that way? Like, think about that. Like, the the compounded effect of that. Let's say you are really staunch about that. And socially, that becomes now accepted as the norm. How does that then affect how our kids grow up and interact throughout the world? Saying like, for one, I do think I was just too friendly. I think I was just going around shaking hands like I was a president and shim shit, kissing babies, like hugging people. For I think I was. I was. I must say, I was a little bit too friendly with too many people. I need to be just being that type of a person. Now, I could see myself totally withdrawing. Would totally like if I'm in a group saying just saying hi to everyone rather than going around the group and shaking everyone's hand. That's what I'm saying. Like, and this will be me. Like, you know me. I'm OCD. <laughs> I, I can't. Yep. I'm an overthinker. Like, uh, it takes 14 days. Person could be asymptomatic. Asymptomatic. Like, I'm. I'm going to overthink. Mm-hmm. I'm an overthinker. Bro, show you. <laughs> here's, here's how OCD Charles is. 
we'll be playing a game uh where and when we we have to use like let's say we're playing um what's that game we used to play chuck uh ac Ducey, and you have to have like dollar bills and stuff to you know place like little small bets yo my man would take everybody's dollar that they drop on the table and place it facing up in the same direction. Every time he would put money in the table, he would place it on top, like, instinctively. And it wasn't until somebody was like, yo, why do you keep grabbing? He's like, what? Like, I just wanted to have it in order. (laughs) I ain't stealing no money. It's just out of order, fam. It's just out of order. (laughs) So, to Leon's point earlier, though, is about... uh, seeing how his uh, niece is having to interact in a different way. Um, do you think that this will be good for human interaction or this will set us back a couple of centuries? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not centuries, but a couple of decades. Are we going to be in a uh, segregation-esque type of world coming out of this? What do you guys think? Um, I feel like the kids already was on this whole super wave of video, watching other people eat, watching other people play video games. So these current kids that are now seeing their friends on the other side of a screen, it's not that bad. But of course, they want to go play with them. Of course, they, you know what I mean? But this is not, I, not that yo, much different. I, and that's... Yeah. But then this is, but this is, but that's, I had a feeling you were guys going to go down that path and I just was trying to kind of set it up a little bit, but mm-hmm. they were doing that, but they still were in school. Mm-hmm. They still right. were interacting right. with people. So right. not having that at all, do they value it more? Do they understand Absolutely. why we, why we were so adamant about, we enjoyed going outside and playing outside and being around our friends and that, this sort of communication, while it makes it easy for us to connect in situations like this or when we're distant from each other, having the video calls, it makes us a little bit easier to connect, but we still value the in-person environment. Do you think that the younger generation will start seeing it and value it a little bit more or we're just lost and this is just becoming, it's just going to emphasize the push for uh, video communication to be more at the forefront? I I kind of agree with the former. I think that um, kids are going to value it um, because I think even if they can't express it, they're showing it and how much they're they're they've been struggling. Like I know a lot of people who are teachers. Um, I, you know, my niece has struggled with it. Is continuing to struggle with it. Kids are very resilient, um, a lot more than we give them credit for, but. Um, Aside from that, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's still a challenge. I mean, just think about how hard it is for us as adults, and we can kind of wrap our heads around why all this is necessary, um, or for some, maybe why it's not this necessary, whatever. But the point is, we can still sort of rationalize that um, in our, you know, more, and I I wouldn't say mature minds because we are so far advanced, but because we just have lived longer, you know? But I think that for, for the kids going through this right now, I think they do realize, like, I, I've talked to my niece, and, you know, she she say to me, like, you know, um, as much as they've she's been able to adjust, she still would like to just be able to hug her friends. Yeah. You know, she's very affectionate, you know? So, you know, I, I think that, um, I don't think that it will set us back I think that um, if anything, this is just an evolution, like a different iteration of human interaction. And I think that ultimately, you know, what did what did uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character in, in, in Jurassic Park said? Uh, Nature always finds a way. Right. Like mm-hmm. what's true to us will come out. You know what is true to us as a, as as a as human beings, we will find the way to make that happen. You know, this is one of those examples. Like, you know, if 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 we had the foresight to know where things were going, we all would have bought stock in Zoom, like in Skype. <laughs> like, Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because this is allowed us to like have these sort of interactions. 
And and to a degree, like I don't think anything is like right or wrong, good or bad. It's just different, you know, because you know, prior to this, how many podcasts have we recorded when we could be face to face? You know, yeah. like but here Absolutely. we are connecting, you know, and so I'm looking at that, you know, not necessarily like the not not like the proverbial uh silver lining, just like but just having gratitude for being able to kind of like exist with each other but in a different way yeah. if anything it's actually it could actually lead us to becoming closer because That's we're where forced i was gonna go with it leon because we're forced to kind of interact in this way in a sense you know right like and i mean obviously this is a new norm and you know when outside opens up again you know some people will lose their minds because of the transition and, and whatnot but i think overall there's going to be a greater appreciation for just living in the moment and having the ability to connect with people, even if you're not shaking hands. Yo, just being in a park, being around people that you love, whom you care about, you know, being able to toast in person, you know, I I think it's going to draw people to sort of like just being more appreciative and having more gratitude if they don't have it already, just for being able to be to just be in the moment. All right. You know? Absolutely. And I keep it a whole hundred. I miss the fuck out of my friends. You two right. gentlemen included. Like, I miss being around my guys. Yeah, for real. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I, I miss my Absolutely. friends. Like, I miss my friends. Like, that's all I can like, say. I would like, love to have this at, the, at your table right now so we can yeah. chill, bullshit, whatever. Right. Your t- yeah. I would love it. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I miss my friends. And I never understood how much I valued my friends. Um, like, I knew I always cared about them. I loved them. But how much I valued being able to just at any point during the week, any day, just if I got some free time, they got some free time, we could just link up. You know what I mean? Well, like, one of, my, one of my boys is like, yo, T, I had to make a run downtown. I'm by your gym. All right, yo, cool. I'm going to meet you over here. We're going to grab something to eat. We just shit, shoot sit, shit. talk, shoot, yeah, t- yeah. shoot the shit. Yo, Lee, yo, Lee, what you doing after work? Oh, you free? Oh, you don't got to run back to Brooklyn? Y'all don't got to go uptown? Yo. Let's go cross street, get a beer too. Absolutely. Like that experience of just mm-hmm. being able to just connect with people and, you know, just have that presence there, you know, feel that, feel that energy in person is, uh, is missing. It's lacking for me, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. I know it's a lot of us feeling that way. And as much as we want to get back to that, the, the conscious part of the brain that does the rational thinking and doesn't think what emotions is like, it might not be safe. So at what point do we get over the fear of it and try and actually get to that point? Like, what do you think the steps are to getting back there? Like for you personally, Charles, like what would it take for you to be comfortable if Leon said, yo, I'm having a little kickback at my crib. I want y'all to come over. Like what, what steps do you need to take for yourself uh, personally to try and get there? You know? And again, if you don't have all the answers now, that's fine. But I think right. that's, that's where we have to go. Like, what are our own personal morals what is, right. and our, our value system as far as what needs to happen and what boxes what need to be What standards should be met? Yeah. yeah. What, what, are the, what, are the, what are the prereqs and the yeah. recs for us to get back there? You're like, yo, so you got a temperature? I'm taking your thermo- I got a thermometer. <laughs> disposable yeah, thermometers like, at the door. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. but even that, it, people, like I said, it's asymptomatic. So, like, they will show no signs, be perfectly good, and just... Incubating the virus, just be right. incubating. <laughs> the whole crib's gone. The whole party well, done. I mean, listen. To be fair, we can keep it all hunted. Like we all could be incubating right now, since I haven't actually been tested for it. Um, a friend of mine was telling me yesterday, and this is kind of part and kind of leading to my fear because she actually had it, and she was telling me she went and got the she she actually thought she had it. She dealt with like whatever symptoms she had, got better at some point, then tested, um, shows the antibodies. She was talking about the the swab up the nose. I'm just like, yeah, I'm good on that, B. Like, that shit be touching the eyeballs and shit. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'm like, mm. you know, I, I guess I'm just asymptomatic yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I got yes, no- one of the things you gotta go through to get the test. Like, yeah. Nah, I don't know about that that swab. I seen a video about that. It's horrible. That that just looks painful. Yeah, a good foot long 
Q-tip getting shoved down your nose, coming yeah, back yeah. out with pieces of your brain. Nah, I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a uh, it's something that we have to consider. Like, actually consider. Like, how do we not collectively, not only collectively move forward, but how do we individually move forward? Because this is a traumatic experience, right? And people don't like to talk about trauma. This is traumatic. This is a trauma. Everybody is dealing with trauma right now, mm-hmm. right? But we don't all process trauma the same. Right. Every last you know? one of us wants to do hood rat shit with our friends, and we can't. Yeah. That's trauma. You know? And right. <laughs> but then you also... A lot of people dealing with the anxiety, a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me and Leon, like I said, we, we work... In health and wellness, we're, we're, we're working as fitness professionals. Our main interaction and the way we do our job is with in-person communication interaction. Part of my brain does not feel comfortable interacting with some of my clients. Like, how do I train my people in a gym environment when I don't even feel comfortable being within a certain amount of feet within of them because I'm not sure if they're taking the necessary precautions mm-hmm. and I don't know what they were just did or who they were just around. And even if they are somebody that they might live with or be around, maybe irresponsible. Now, you know? no, so, that, that, that 14 day clock resets after you meet a new person. I, I, so, obviously it's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, what is that? Or as soon called? as you touch the door or as right, soon as you right. take out the trash, it's, it's cross, as soon as you walk cross, outside without the mask. Cross contamination 101. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, especially for you gentlemen, the gym atmosphere, where it's all nothing but huffing and puffing and like Shut everyone up. expelling air. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? Like, I know. Yeah. You have to breathe while you do it. It's a hotbed. It's a hotbed, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that's just. As that's essential. And this is coming know. from somebody that's been in the gym and fitness realm and industry for the last decade. Mm-hmm. As essential as exercise and diet is, the gym is one of the most non-essential places right now. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need it. We literally don't. Right? Mm-hmm. Exercise is essential. Right. The facility to do it is not. <laughs> it's not. See, does, it, yeah. does it provide a level of convenience? Absolutely. But it's not essential. You know, so for me, it's like at some point I know that I'm going to have to go back out there. And even though they're trying to take all these precautions and phase this and phase that and phase this and phase that. Do you feel comfortable, more comfortable with one-on-one membership, like um, trainings or? I would feel feel more comfortable at this point right now if our gym became or if I could go to a facility that was just only personal training in which I can know how many people are coming in per day. I can actually gauge how many people are coming in per hour and control my environment more. I'd be more comfortable with that type of environment opposed to a big box gym where people just come and go as they please. And then I don't know who was touching this weight before I grabbed it. And Mm. now I got to be cognizant of all the things happening around me. You know? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I thought about and, and this is not to be insensitive, but I remember there was this what we who we believe to be a homeless woman that consistently came into the gym every day, um, would come in early in the morning, be in the sauna. And I only know about this. I only know about this because, you know, other uh, female clients and um, and other members would tell us about this lady and like we couldn't tell her to get out, you know, if she paid a particular, you know, whatever the membership structure she had when she joined. She was homeless as well. But but even though she was homeless, she had a membership. Like I said, we perceived her to be homeless mainly because of just... And, she and, had a and, membership. And, she had a membership. And, and, and it's like, it, it's, it's, it's really difficult, you know, because it's like, you can't tell somebody they got to get out. They paid the membership. You have to allow them to be there, um, but taking showers and whatnot there. Taking showers, and I'm all for people. You know, um, you know, you in different parts of your life, things happen. I get it. This is not a judgment. You know, I, and my heart goes out to 
people who don't have a place to stay. You know, right. it's not an easy position to be in in life. At all. Anybody. You know, could, anybody. It could happen right. to anyone. Right. Exactly. Right. And so even when those conversations will come up and and it puts you in a very precarious position because, you know, the people that reach out to you, other gym members, and they, they'll talk about these things. They're like, OK, so you have to wear the hat of the employee, you know, slash, you know, customer service. So right. when someone is bringing a complaint to you, even though they try to be sort of PC about it, you know where they're really coming from. You now have to just be like, uh, uh, mm, you know, and, 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 you know, allay their, their sort of worry and let them know, like, listen, we understand how you feel, blah, 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 blah. And like I said, it's difficult because I understand, yes, their comfort is important. You know, they are paying members, but so is this person. Was she? Right, right, exactly. So what she so, used to come and like park her cart outside and like chain it to the sign and then come inside or something? Don't, like, don't be an asshole. Okay, park her cart. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you ain't shit. I'm just trying to understand like what yeah, person is there asshole, but like did she just used to hang out in there a long time or? Uh, again, like I said, the perception is pretty much, you know, the she had all the elements. Okay. If, if that, okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if yeah, I can say yeah. it that way. Because again, like, unless she's walking around saying, hey, I have no place to stay, we right. can't. You really, you know what I'm saying? no one knows. Right. right. But you all, you have you all the symptoms. Of- <laughs> you walk like a duck, you quack like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic about this, Charles, and you're not helping. You ain't right? no goose. Uh, you ain't no goose. Okay, okay, okay. Just joking, just but, joking, but I get exactly what you're saying, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and my, I automatically went to that, because I remember going, there was a time when we were going through the, I would, I called it the pre-quarantine phase, uh, where, you know, we were still at the gym. We got emails from the company. They were thanking us for keeping, quote-unquote, business as usual i <laughs> that shit blew my mind i'm just like we this is not because of any guidance on y'all part we're just here because we you know we still think we have a job so you know what i'm saying i can and, comment on what my feelings are about what my job did so go ahead yeah again this is all part of the reality check right uh so right. and i remember the members was, you know while we were still kind of going through that, the fear was starting to build up around, you know, coronavirus, you know, um, about it spreading more in New York specifically, and people just being nervous. And I remember someone, one of the members coming to me about the lady in particular, and I had to check her because I was just like, I'm like, ma'am, I feel you, but right now, I don't know if you have coronavirus. So... I, I don't. I don't think. I don't see what you want me to do about this woman. We can't kick her out. We don't know what her personal situation is, and honestly, I don't know what your personal situation is. So right. I think we're just gonna have to let it be. You know, and I'm just having. <laughs> They're gonna have to just let them rock. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just like, we, you are no better than her. You know, right. I'm no better than her. In my eyes, in my eyes, you are both correct and evil, right? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> evil. Oh, equal. equal. Oh, <laughs> you both like, are like devil, like that, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, bro. You were just talking about her chaining up her cart. All right, stop. My <laughs> <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's that is true though because in your eyes everybody's equal. But then that is a good point, and that kind of leads me to what I wanted to try and get into um, this equality thing that we know hasn't always been equal, right, in this world. Yes. And um, this is a this is a heavy topic, um, oh, but. Um, I feel as a black man um, in his mid-30s um, in this country, I have a duty, a responsibility to speak on these topics when they arise. And I 
also feel that I am overqualified <laughs> in this realm to be able to speak on this and also give my take on it. And also, it's a little therapeutic because I need to get it off my chest. All right. I ain't no profession. Um, I'm disqualified. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And anybody that's been watching the news knows about the tragedy, the modern-day lynching that happened um, Georgia. in Georgia. Um, took place back in February that we are now just getting wind of as of, I want to say, about 10, 15 days ago that it yeah, started actually gain, gaining traction. Um, I did hear about the story around mid-April, but then I get, again, it started gaining a lot of traction, I want to say, end of yeah. April, beginning of May. Um, Ahmad Arbery, um, for those who've been living under a rock and or choose to be naive and ignorant, um, he was followed by a father and son um, and their neighbor. The neighbor was recording the father and son who then chased down Ahmad, who is a black man, uh, age, uh, 25 years old. Um, his birthday yep. was actually this past Friday. He would have turned 26. Oh, um, he was shot and killed in cold blood because they said that he looked like a suspect that had been committing robberies in the neighborhood. Uh, mind you, he was approached, assaulted, and murdered, broad daylight, mm -hmm. with nothing but a t-shirt and a pair of shorts on that he had only his ID and his keys in, just so he, just in case he was stopped, they could, he could identify himself, and so he had his keys so he can get back into the house. Mm -hmm. um, these two white gentlemen, father and son, um, I don't recall their names. I'll uh, look They're it up. They're not important. Um, but it is important because I, I want a face and a name to be known for the people that do this type of bullshit and think it's Fair. okay. Fair. Right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> history, history, history needs to record them for the fucking low-life scum they are and not just make them anonymous, white people that do bullshit. We have Fair. enough of those in our day-to-day. -day. We're going to put faces and names to these assholes. Um... Yes, they ran down on this young man, made up a whole story, lied about it, murdered him in cold blood. Lied about and, it. And continued to lie about it while their neighbor recorded the whole incident. And then we later just found out that local government covered up the whole thing. Right? So there's right. a lot to talk about there. There's a lot to dive into. I just want to start by, I don't really, uh, you guys can who, decide who goes first. I just want to start by what was the initial response that you had to it, and then we can get kind of go into the details of it. I just want the superficial, visceral response when you heard this story, when you started getting the details. What went through your mind? How did that affect you? What was the first thing that you responded to? What happened? I'll let you go, Liam. Uh, for me, the first thing I thought about was uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it reminded me of when um, I believe his name was Dennis Bird in Texas was uh, dragged uh, by some white men um, and it, it by their truck. I forget the exact details of the situation, but all I remember was hearing about this black man being dragged, obviously unlawfully, um, by these by these white men. And I remember this happening in the nineties. Um, and you know, this is well before any social media. This was after the um Rodney King, you know, beatings. Um, and and so, like, when I heard about Ahmad's story, what it took me, it took me back to those times of of, of like trying to make sense of what seemed nonsensical. Even if, even, sense. even, huh? No, you no, can't. I was just saying you can't make sense. Of Absolutely. This. There's, 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 no, about there's that nothing about it. There's nothing about it that makes sense. Um, and me, me, me and uh, Training Day have these conversations we did, especially while we were at work. I mean, almost on the daily, um, at some point in some shape, form, or another, about <laughs> how, how it's crazy that it seems to be part of the experience of black people in this country where 
we are forced to make sense of this shit. And it's it, it and that to me is pretty much kind of like the the very essence of of white prim, white white privilege. You know, it's rooted in the fact that we yeah, have to sit here. Privacy. Supremacy, <laughs> but, yeah. No, but no, it's go, go ahead. more but more or less more so white privilege. And, no, and the, what I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, the fact that if the shoe were on the other foot, as the saying goes, there would be no explanation like, needed. There would be no explanation. You know, it's like we're not we we it's there there is no oh well you know clearly these white these black people are acting this way out of retaliation they're acting this way X Y Z but no here we are and we come up with like these little convenient sort of like like ways of like oh well they like they they have they suffer a god complex or you know white white privilege white supremacy that in and of itself the fact that that's you know that's part of the conversation when the reality is they're just fucking assholes they they don't value human life and i'm not and i know this is can be a touchy issue too and as passionate as i as impassioned i as i can be about things I don't feel like death deserves death per se, you know. Like, I know I, that's what I said. I, I know Chuck. It's not an easy topic, but but at the end of the day, I look, feel all I can say about that one. Just not to cut you off, but look, if we had made an example of the nigga that killed uh, what's his name Trayvon Martin from way back, way back, and not saying, look, I'm not. It's not a great. It's not a good. Listen, it's, that it does not it's deserve not, death. Yes, okay, but. It's a very but it's, if if yeah. guarantee, guarantee that somebody would have thought twice and and just say like how many times how many times Leon like, like many, I'm I'm tired I'm tired of the, I'm tired of the kill porn sent to me in my in my inbox like you know what I'm saying of us mm -hmm. I'm tired of the kill porn I'm tired of of constant of reminders of make a hashtag about this make a hashtag about like I'm tired of it yeah I agree Absolutely. I'm saying but exactly as you're saying if she was on the opposite foot. It, it, there would be no long for it, it would not needed for video to be put out for a, a conviction or for a, even an arrest to be made of how many months later how many like are, are we kidding that shit yeah. that that's sensitive bro I, and just for a young dude and all he did was go to an open construction site and look around look there's video of him showing that a normal person jogging sees an open a, a construction site you're gonna walk curiosity, you know what I'm saying? Oh, what's going on here? Video shows he goes there for what I think they said nine, 15 minutes, doesn't touch anything, leaves and bounces. He right. only has cargo cargo shorts on and a t-shirt. What did he steal out of a construction site? No, his only crime was being born black. Come on, man. Um and no, again, fuck that. Their only crime is being born white, and they hate the fact that they weren't born black. How about that? <laughs> Well, that's a more existential conversation, but yeah. And then for the whatever occurred for that dude to be running, for for he he knew he was being chased. That was not just a general job, you know what I'm saying? Though that truck was already stopped in front of him. You feel me? Well, I mean, so that's what we saw up in uh, uh, what was recorded. I mean, he was out running. Period. You know what I'm saying? No, no, so, I get that part. But I get that part. But what I'm saying is, as far as leading up to the part where the where the neighbor uh, turns on his camera, or rather. Okay. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, they they had to be yelling at him while he was running down the street. Like, that's not no... You know what I mean? Right. At that point, you had to know the fear in that boy's heart. Like, God, Lee, man. Well, again, and, and this kind of goes back to... And this is where, I like, you know, I find myself at odds with, you know, being... Trying to be objective, trying to be compassionate. Not necessarily for killers, because that's not what I'm saying. But... You know, also feeling the blood of my ancestors boiling within me and 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 saying like, yo, yo, fuck all these conventions. These motherfuckers should fry for what they did, period. Like I, there, there's no there's no justification. And this the scary thing to me is the more you start to kind of like learn about the case and you see the potential areas in which they're going to use the law to free these murderers. And the fact... Oh, shit. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but he had a freeze like that. Chasing <laughs> a white guy. Huh? Sorry. So, Leon, Leon, so, you so Lee, we, you froze. You froze, my friend. Oh, you didn't hear what I said? Nope. We yeah. just, the last thing we heard. And hey, this is this is our new norm, right? Sometimes we have technical difficulties. It's all right. We're going yeah. we, 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 we're gonna to keep it moving. But cool. um, the last thing we heard was they're going to use the law to free these murderers, and then you froze. Yeah. Oh. So what, what, were you, um, what were you saying? I, basically, I was basically saying that if it were, and it's enraging because if it were three black men chasing a white man, this would be an open and shut. First off, we probably wouldn't even heard of this, to be quite honest, because well, they would have murdered those dudes already. The cops would have killed them already. It wouldn't even be a news story. At huh? all. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm totally right. He would have been yeah, murdered in jail. Sandra Bland, like, some, somehow, right. some way, murdered some way, like, and claimed a, a, a suicide. Yeah. If, it, if it even got that far. No, no, no. Sa- this is what would have happened. Sandra Bland was innocent. So, yeah. this is that- what would have happened. They would have they feared for their lives. You know, that's <laughs> that's 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 the. That's the excuse all the time. Like that motorist Absolutely. that killed the other motorist from 10 feet away while he was in his car because they had mm-hmm. a fender bender. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I thought he was reaching for something. I fear for my life. But the fact that your justification that you fear for your life, do you not think that he feared for his life? Right. You're the only person with a life? Are you the only person with a life in this situation? No, no, no. He's not. But it's only his life that actually matters. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's only our life that, that fears, that, that strikes fear in theirs. Yeah. Absolutely. And and again, this this and this is where we get into the deeper part of it, because our existence strikes fear in yours. Why? Because of all the bullshit that, you know, history has told us that people that look like you have done to people that look like us. But you continue to do it. So my whole thing is, if you know that you come from a lineage of fucking trash that has done unthinkable countless countless unthinkable unfathomable things to people that look like us Mm -hmm. to black people why would you continue down that same path and try to evoke these same responses at some point it becomes the old adage right Right. you keep doing the same things over and over you get the same response right and doing the same things over and over looking for a different result is the definition yeah. insane. And so and, with those two things being how we know they're you're operating in the pretense of what you're operating, why would you not stop operating that way? Well, I think even 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 more impactful than asking that question is to to me realizing that a lot of that shit isn't rooted in the fear that some that commit those sort of atrocities claim it's not fear it's rooted in the in, in arrogance and hatred because if it were true fear then you wouldn't even step to somebody that you felt that afraid of so it's not about fear at all it's about it's about this false sense of superiority and also the protection that you that comes with being white that you know that even if you do the most outlandish shit, that you're covered. That there there was some way that the law, the quote unquote law, will protect you. And I say that yeah. loosely because remember, at some point they, in our history, slavery thing. was legal. At some point, so law is subjective. It still so, is legal. The thirteenth. Right. Let's right. not play in. Right. Let's not, exactly. let's not play ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. But you know what I'm saying. You know, I'm like like. Uh, aside from the prison, prison industrial complex, which is a whole, as they say, a whole nother problem and issue that's still rampant in this country. Like, mm. listen, like, man, racism is as elegant as the flu. It changes every year and it never goes away. Mm. Mm. It's divisive. It's ever evolving. Yeah, it's it's it never goes away. It just changes form. That's why no matter how you get the flu shot, you can still get the flu. It yeah, just changes problem, form. Here's the problem with that with racism, though. Motherfuckers ain't trying to get vaccinated. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they they no, don't care. They lead you and to believe not that, that they lead you to believe they're being vaccinated by giving you civil rights and getting and, and stopping segregation and then giving you Obama. Preach. Keep going. Yeah. 
Keep going. No, they, 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 no, they, no. They, no. they lead you to believe that they're training day. Let's go. Right? Let's they go. lead you to believe that the vaccination is happening, that they, that they see the error in their ways, and that they're trying mm-hmm. to cleanse the world and make it a better place for all I have people. Ba- I have black friends. I can't yeah. be racist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. All those things. Repar- but they don't. But they don't want to talk about reparations, right? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> because that's oh my god. Oh, because we'd rather just give you the vaccination. We don't want to try and work towards a cure. Oh. No, that's not that goes what? against the whole yeah. U.S. motto. Right? What are you uh, talking about? How about the causality? Yeah, they don't want to the causality of the shit. Yeah, because that's the real shit. Because honestly, Absolutely. even if you found the cure, it doesn't matter if it's a virus, which you know, if we're if we're really studying this objectively, it's a ever evolving, ever changing virus. Then even if you do find a cure, a vaccine, it doesn't matter. Shit is still present. So it's the causality of the shit that that no one really wants to talk about. Yeah. No one really wants to face on the regular. You see, you got a little bit of this stuff here, right? I picked mm-hmm. up these 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 new reads. So uh for the for the for the um you know listeners team, for the listeners I have I have uh I picked up these three new reads. Um I haven't dived into haven't dove into any of them yet, but um these three books I think explain on the surface, just by the titles of what's happening mm-hmm. in our dilemma comes from because that's what it is it's a paradox it's a dilemma it's something that we understand that we don't understand <laughs> you know and uh one of the books is white fragility why mm-hmm. is it so hard for white people to talk about racism um it's uncomfortable <laughs> right then we have white rage the unspoken truth of our racial divide mm-hmm. and then um we have killing the black body Race, reproduction, and the meaning of liberty. You know? Um, um, say that last one again. Killing the black body. Race, reproduction, and the meaning of liberty. Mm. You know? Who wrote that? Um, and uh, Dorothy Roberts wrote Killing the Black Body. Um, Carol Anderson wrote White Rage. And White Fragility was written by Robin D'Angelo. And then I'll go. I'll go over these again at the end, just so everybody wants to write them down, and uh, go check them out for yourself. But um, I think just again off the the titles alone, I think it speaks to everything that's happening. <laughs> exactly. Right? The 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 the, exactly. the and I think about when Leon was talking about it's not fear, and I agree with you. It's not fear because I remember uh, that Will Smith movie that wasn't really well taken, but. He did say some profound shit when his son was out there <laughs> trying to oh, uh, um, at, trying the to at the earth. He said, yeah, that was a really real. good film. Bro. Fear is really real. I like that joint. You know, fear, fear is something that you develop in your own mind. It's a contract that you come up with your own mind to make yourself feel safe about the fact that something is uncomfortable for you to attempt to do. Mm-hmm. Now, danger, danger, danger exists. That, danger yep. exists. There's danger out there. There are dangerous situations. You don't believe me? I dare you go to the desert with no mm-hmm. water. See how right. long that lasts. Yo, he, he said that in the right? film. It was after he was injured, right? It was like yeah. how he was he couldn't move, but he was just mm-hmm. kind of like coaching his son through the yeah. desert. Yeah, I remember that. Danger is real. Danger exists. But the fact that it's they the fact that they equate us with danger speaks to their lack or yeah, their lack of self-confidence, their insecurities. Mm-hmm. So now, being that it's very hard for them to want to, I guess, engage with us about our superiority when it comes to a lot of things in life, let's just call it is what it is, <laughs> they have to fall back on something which is fear. Right. So now they make up this whole white privilege, they make up this whole superiority complex, which is based in inferiority. Mm-hmm. On their part, and then they hide behind the mask of "I was scared." Yeah. So, being that I was scared, that puts me in a position where I have the right to perform these type of actions because I'm justified in them. You know, it's it's funny because anytime these sort of topics come up, 
you know, the, the, the pragmatist in me automatically thinks of, like, you know, the white friends that I do have that are so-called conscious or, you know, woke or whatever. Um, and I think of, like, what their experience is just because of, just because I'm just a thinking man and I try to understand other perspectives and, you know, because I know that they're friends and they actually do care about me and my experience when we do have sort of conversations, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind is I try my best, as passionate as I can be, to understand that if we're, when we're talking about these experiences, we're not lumping everybody in collectively when it comes to, like, understanding where these where where these where this problem lies. However, those that are white and have compassion and have a heart and have, you know, um, access their third eye or whatever, however you want to define it, it is on them as so-called allies to not just be angry because anger doesn't solve problems. It can be the fire, it can be the igniter, but you know, it's it's on them. I I feel to do to use their privilege, you know, to be um, not just a, as angry. Shit, be more angry than me. Be more angry. Be more vocal. Be more loud. Because the society we live in, unfortunately, will listen to you more than me. Not that your words are more important, but that's just the truth. And 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 it's in these sort of these this uh, uh, this arena where when these issues come to light, I become I personally become so enraged because because I I will interact with with white people who are ang just as angry with, as as I am, but they don't do anything about it. And that, to me, makes you complicit. The problem is we're looking for allies in people that are not going to be in allegiance with us. Right. you got to remember, somebody's only your ally until you have a difference of opinion. Facts. All right? Because they're comfortable ally, being your friend. They're comfortable being, like, uh, cool with you. But once it comes down to actually down to it, a stand... Uh, of, no, um, actually, like, like, no, no, I'm comfortably in, in my skin. I'm mm. comfortably being on this side. Absolutely, I'm comfortably Charles. not getting involved. I'm comfortably not touching that to topic. I'm comfortable not getting like, no, no. But I'm hey, right. but I understand where you're coming from. And that ain't right. Right. Not but if shit. I do ever talk to one of my other friends, I will mention you that you're one of my black friends. That, so, yeah, fuck out well, of here. Like, yeah, allies only serve a purpose when you have the same interests at heart. But as soon as there's a difference in opinion and you're no longer aligned, allies become enemies. Right. Because the French gave us the French gave us the Statue of Liberty, but we had to but but we also attacked right. the fuck out of them before that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, well, why are you my ally? Because you feel guilty about something? You're mm. not my ally because you really think that you understand this experience that I'm going to, or you want to try and understand it at a deeper level. Are you my ally just because you think that it'll, it'll help your, uh, your reputation, make you more reputable. Opportunity. Yeah. Mm. Like again, Joe Biden, he's not good on my record. Joe Biden's not a fucking ally. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> he's not a fucking ally. Oh, obviously. When you come out with the, did you, I don't know if you guys, if you gentlemen saw it, but the fucking, bullshit propaganda that is fucking downright dis blatantly disrespectful. His plan for black people is called Lift Every Voice. Stop it. <laughs> Google it. Stop it. Google it. No, just stop it and right now. You know now. it's sad. You know what's sad is probably some black person on his on his cabin or whatever on, his, cool, on his cabin. His his cooning cabin. His cooling cabin. His cooling cabin. Yes, yes, Biden. Yes, Joe. <laughs> you know what's sadder? The fact that it was probably a white person that came up with it and a black person co-signed. Yep. Lift every voice. Seriously, that's what you want your plan to be? Because that speaks to us, right? Oh, my God, he's calling it lift every voice. I'm down with him. Fuck you. Right. You're exploiting it. You're trying to exploit us again. 
Right. Just for the fact you use that, just for the fact, like it doesn't. Come on, man. How how far is the disconnect for you to for you? Motherfucker, you might as well just call it Black Lives Matter. <laughs> the fuck? Lift every voice. No, no, not even that. Just call it four blacks. Yeah, four blacks. <laughs> the Negro plan. Let's really talk about it. Like, what the fuck? The, ne- the Negro plan. <laughs> you know what? I actually would respect that more. <laughs> what was that movie called? For for colored girls. For yeah. colored. <laughs> for colored folks. Like it just doesn't it's make any sense to me, plan. man. It's my plan for colored folk. Yeah, like <laughs> the absurdity of that to me is, is you know, <laughs> and it's like, but this goes back to just it's on every level. It's on every level. Third to be mad at Trump, like bro. <laughs> don't get me started. Yeah, like it's oh, it's man. on every level, man. <laughs> Lee and I just feel like. They don't respect us. We know they don't respect us. Uh-huh. But then, I don't think I don't think collect I don't think collective 